It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all VD heads, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. And as we approach our five-year anniversary and our Easter show here at Disney On Demand, it is the week of March 26th, 2015, show number 105. And this week, to just make things fun, make it magical, we're taking you back to your childhood, back to your children's childhood, and more. Because we have somebody who has played a part in many of those roles as Cousin Oliver from The Brady Bunch, the voice of Michelangelo in the Teenage Mutant Ninja turtle movies from the 90s as well as currently stuffy on doc mcstuffins we have none other than voice actor and actor robbie wrist stopping in here at the show robbie's gonna stop in and talk about his entire career what it was like being part of great classic shows like the mary tyler moore show the brady bunch and even the all-new mickey mouse club of the 1970s he's also going to explore voice acting being part of michelangelo stuffy from doc mcstuffins naruto and even his band and many other things maybe he can even uncover just what happened to Tiger after the Brady Bunch ended. In addition, no show would be complete without the D-Team, and I say that every single week, and you have questions and he has answers, and Aaron is going to answer all your questions and I want to know. We also have Nathan back, as he's going to take that trip and that look back at what just happened this week in Disney history. We have the latest rundown from the Walt Disney World Resort with our very own Caitlin with WDW and 2, and we have the return of Randy to the D-Team with this week's Disney Multimedia. We have all kinds of news hot off the D-Wire from the parks, new shows, DVDs, merchandise, 60th Disneyland celebration, and many other goodies. So before I jump into the show here this week, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by DVC-Rental.com. At DVC-Rental.com, you can save up to 60% off your next Walt Disney World vacation just by purchasing unused Vacation Club points from DVC members and spend it on what else? Souvenirs. So go ahead and book that trip and save up to 60% of your next Walt Disney World vacation just by purchasing through DVC-Rental.com, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all VD heads, as I mentioned, we have all kinds of fun on the horizon. I know my kids are ecstatic. From Ninja Turtles to Doc McStuffins, they are excited to have Robbie Rist here at the show. And we are getting that much closer to our five-year anniversary here at Disney On Demand and also our Easter episode. So all of you D-heads, let's officially kick off show number 105 for the week of March 26, 2015. And we're going to kick it off with something a little bit different, a birthday tune. Because tomorrow on the 27th is my wife Carrie's birthday. So to kick it off, I'm going to play a birthday tune just for her. Be right back, all VD heads. Hi, everybody. Boys and girls. Hello. Hi there. Uh, hello. This year is our friend Donald Duck's 50th birthday. That's right. Uh, it sure is. Wow, 50 years. Gee, that's great. <laughs> 
we're so happy you are all here to help us celebrate. That's right. So please join us now as we sing Happy Birthday to Donald Duck. Yeah, come on. That's a good idea. Let's do it. Are you ready? Gentlemen, boys and girls, Donald Duck's 50th birthday parade.
friends. Doc, Stuffy's got a boo-boo. Stuffy, what happened to you? Doc, there's something wrong with my tail. They're talking. Doc and friends talk to each other and sing. Time for your checkup. Time for your checkup. Stop singing. I feel better. So much better now. New Magic Talking Doc and Friends comes with everything here. Doc McStuffins jacket, stethoscope, and headband each sold separately. Hi, this is Robbie Rist, the voice of Stuffy on Doc McStuffins, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. Here they are, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles! Pizza again? April, get him off the phone. 
And now, let's hear it for April O'Neil with Mr. Party, Michelangelo. Come on down, you two, and see all your friends. Disney Blues. Disney on demand. Ooh, I thought you were dead. With your host, Jonathan Johnson. What? My dad gave it to me. It shows exactly where we are on the planet. Boop, beep, 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 boop, boop. Was this baby? We'll never be alone. You just tell the man you want to go back to your mother. Hey there, all of you D-heads. So I am back, and I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 105 for the week of March 26th. 2015 and all kinds of fun on the horizon as we have the voice of Stuffy from Doc McStuffins, Michelangelo from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and also Cousin Oliver from everybody's favorite family, the Brady Bunch, Robbie Wrist, stopping in here very shortly. Robbie's going to stop in and talk about a variety of different things, and that's also going to bring to your attention Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Now, some of you D-heads out there might be a little bit younger, and you may be wondering, why did I play TMNT at the beginning of this show? It's a Disney show. Well, Robbie Wrist voiced Michelangelo in all three 90s edition films of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. In addition, that clip that you heard at the beginning of the show was from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle meet and greet from the Disney MGM Studios from 1990. That's right, there was a stage show. Before the Power Rangers, before Ace Ventura, before all those meet and greets back there, we had a nice little gem. That was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles meet and greet. There was a song, April O'Neil, all four turtles, and then you got to meet them afterwards. And I hope I was able to spark that memory for some of you tuning in and you were like, wow, I forgot about that. So that is just part of the excitement this week as we have Robbie Riss stopping in here later on in the show. In addition, we have the D-Team, all kinds of things, news hot off the D-Wire. So before I jump into the news hot off the D-Wire, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, our complete archives, our latest news feed, our lifetime of Disney Player, and more right there on the official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can friend us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash John Diz. That's J-O-N-D-I-Z. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and more. Just search Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, or Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U. And remember, on Facebook, you can also join up our new public D-Wire discussion group where we talk about all things Disney on Facebook as well. And finally, you can always connect up with us just by subscribing through iTunes and Stitcher Radio and get the latest shows right there on your mobile device, your tablet, your iPod, your Droid, you name it. You can subscribe through iTunes and Stitcher Radio and get the latest right there in the palm of your hand. And all of these methods are right there on our homepage at DizRadio.com. So all of you D-heads, with that said, let's jump into news hot off the D-Wire here this week. And let's set sail because this warmer weather's coming, everything is in the horizon, there's sun, there's the waves crashing... And let's talk about 2016, right? Disney Cruise Line is about to set sail for the first British Isles itinerary 
in 2016. That's right, in 2016, Disney Cruise Line is sailing its first British Isles itinerary, visiting Scotland, England, Ireland, and France. Now, throughout the summer of 2016, Disney Cruise Line will also return to Norway, Iceland, and ports of call in over 15 European countries. Now, in addition to the tour of Europe, with limited engagements to the Baltic, Norwegian, Iceland, British Isles, Greek Isles, and Mediterranean, Disney Cruise Line will revisit favorite destinations elsewhere around the globe, including Alaska, the Caribbean, and the Bahamas. Now, bookings for the new itineraries are open to the public as of today, March 26th. Now, many of the details for the itineraries and ports of call can be found at DisneyCruise.com. Now, for the British Isles, this is brand new. June 5th, 2016, the Disney Cruise Line is going to set sail from England on its very first British Isles itinerary. Now, the 12-night cruise on the Disney Magic will sail to Invergordon, Kirkwall, Greenock, and Scotland, Newcastle, Liverpool, and also Dublin and Ireland, and Paris, France, and many others. Now, some of these, I'm sure I'm butchering the way I'm mentioning it, but all of these, except for Kirkwall, are the first-time ports of call for Disney Cruise Lines. Now, on this itinerary, guests can explore the majestic beauty of Scotland, experience the Highland culture, sample traditional cuisine, spirits, and discover the country's iconic castles. Now, elsewhere on the itinerary, guests are going to be able to experience the merry little city of Dublin, the culturally rich and romantic Paris, as well as the birthplace of the Beatles and the British invasion in Liverpool. Now also, they're going to have New Iceland and Norway. Now Disney Cruise Line guests can explore the natural wonders of Iceland with two new 12-night Disney Magic sailings. Now each itinerary includes two days in Iceland, Bergen, Norway, Kirkwall, and Scotland, and it's departing from England and concluding in Copenhagen, Denmark. Now the June 17th cruise also visits many other places, including Norway and Newcastle as well. Now on this itinerary, the three days in Iceland provides time to explore the country's natural wonders such as volcanoes, lava fields, glaciers, thermal springs, and more. Now in Norway, guests are immersed into the splendor and charm of the country with exciting ports that are steeped in Viking history. Now the new Viking one, that's the one that's going to be exciting. I mean, I myself, I may be a short guy, but I do have Viking heritage in me. Not lying there. I know some of you have seen me, you're like, no way. Really, really, I, I do. Maybe I'm more like, uh, maybe I'm more like a dwarf from Lord of the Rings. But anyways, for the first time, Disney Cruise Line will sail from Dover, England, on a seven-night cruise to the majestic Norwegian Fjords. Now, departing on May 29th, the Disney Magic will visit a variety of different locations throughout Norway. Now, in Norway, Disney Cruise Line guests will discover breathtaking natural wonders as magnificent mountain ranges, massive glaciers, and majestic fords. Now, the enchanting Scandinavian culture of the region comes to life through local attractions, architectures, and also storybook villages and historic city centers. Now, there are going to be a lot more itineraries that are coming, including more 2016 summer itineraries, where during the summer of 2016, the Disney Magic will return to many people's favorite destinations, including Northern Europe, the Greek Isles, the Mediterranean, and many other with seven-night and longer sailings. Now, from May through August, the Disney Wonder will return to Alaska once again, sailing from Vancouver, Canada, all the way through the area, and in 2016 as well, the Disney Dream and the Disney Fantasy are going to sail from Port Canaveral to the Bahamas and the Caribbean on a variety of itineraries. Now, all these cruises include a stop at Disney's private island, Castaway Key. Now, you can learn more about the Disney Cruise Line, set sail on this, go. We know how popular many of these cruisings are for everybody that's a Disney fan that wants to jump on a cruise. And you can find out more about this just by calling Disney Cruise Lines at 888 
325-2500 or go to DisneyCruise.com. Now moving forward here, let's get back to the animation, the fun, and how about some science? Now I'm not talking about Bill Nye the Science Guy, but how about the Museum of Science presenting the world premiere of the science behind Pixar. Yes, this summer, visitors to the Museum of Science in Boston are going to be inspired by the science and technology behind some of the most beloved animated films and their characters with the world premiere of the science behind Pixar. Now, this interactive 10,000 square foot exhibition showcases the science, technology, engineering, and math, better known as STEM, concepts used by the artists and computer scientists to help bring Pixar's award-winning films to the big screen. Now this was created by the Museum of Science and Pixar and featuring more than 40 interactive exhibit elements and the science behind Pixar demonstrates the technology that supports the creativity and the artistry of Pixar storytellers. Now the exhibition is broken into eight distinct sections, each focusing on a step of the filmmaking process, from modeling, rigging, surfacing, sets and cameras, animation, simulation, lighting and rendering, and more. Now this is going to provide visitors with a unique view of the production pipeline and the concepts used at Pixar every single day. Now, visitors of all ages will engage and learn about many things from the filmmaking process with hands-on activities inspired by some of Pixar's most treasured films. From the first ever computer animated feature in Toy Story, which opened almost two decades ago, all the way through Pixar's newest film, Inside Out, which is releasing in June of this summer. Now, as they have officially released and stated, the science behind Pixar is a behind-the-scenes look at how our movies are made, said Ed president of Pixar and Disney Animation Studios. The interactive exhibition gives people the opportunity to learn about the jobs our filmmakers do every single day and tackle similar problems. It's a great demonstration of how much creativity and imagination is involved in the science, technology, engineering, art, and math thinking essential to our filmmaking process. Now, the science behind Pixar offers a variety of hands-on activities that are going to empower visitors to imagine the STEM concepts behind many of their films. Now, there's going to be a great things on here. For example, visitors can visit larger-than-life sets designs with computer animation and also how to get a bug's-eye view that was achieved for the film A Bug's Life. Now, there's going to be a lot of great things in this, and if you are in the Boston area, you definitely, definitely want to check this one out. Now, visitors are going to be able to envision how digital sculptures were created for Pixar, rigging showcases, modeling. I mean, there's so much to this exhibit. It is really hard just to capture it in me explaining it to all of you uh, listeners out there. I mean, seriously, there's just hard to wrap your head around this. Visitors are going to be able to engage in hands-on, screen-based, and physical activities to let them explore the thinking skills behind the process. Now, the science behind Pixar also explores the creativity and artistry behind Pixar's filmmakers, a key process into what gives us all these magical films that now many of us are passing on to our children and on to generations. So if you are in the Boston area this summer, you definitely want to check it out. The Museum of Science presenting the world premiere of the science behind Pixar. If you want to find out more about this, you can definitely visit their official website at mos.org. Now, moving aside from computer animation, let's go back to the good old days of newspapers. Yes, newspapers. Some of you are probably sitting there going, what's a newspaper? Or what's the big deal about sitting down and reading the comics? Well, I'm not that old, but I do recall getting the comics out of the Sunday paper, the green sheet from the weekday ones, and just laughing and reading many comic strips. Well, now there's an all-new comic strip-only newspaper that is launched on Kickstarter, and it does offer original artwork by former Disney animator Tom Bancroft. 
Now seeking to preserve a uniquely American art form, a Nashville-based media entrepreneur, Logan, announced the launch of Laughogram. Does that name sound familiar to many of you D-heads out there? A weekly, family-friendly, comic strip-only newspaper delivered by the mail. Now acknowledging the importance of the grassroots support, he has chosen Kickstarter to launch the paper. Now each issue of Lavagram will feature six full-color pages of classic and original comics. Now the paper hopes to bring the funnies to a new generation while retaining what made them appealing in the pre-2000s generation for many of you. And the paper will be printed on newsprint and delivered directly to the mailboxes of the subscribers. This is not online, this is taking it old school. In your hand, physical material right there so you can read it enjoy it, and have some fun. Now, classic titles that are going to be included on this are going to be Peanuts, Garfield, Family Circus, Beetle Bailey. I mean, it's Beetle Bailey. You know, Amazing Spider-Man, Popeye, Dennis the Menace, Zitz, Ziggy, Baby Blues, High and Lois, The Phantom, Dilbert, Foxtrot, Nancy, and more. Now, along with the classics, Laughogram is fostering a new generation of comics through original content that is going to be accomplished by up-and-coming cartoonists. Now, with traditional newspaper subscriptions in the decline, he said this is a way to save the funny pages. Now, as Logan has officially stated, the funny pages were part of my childhood and were very important to me. Now I have a son of my own, and I want to share the experience with him and with families around the country. Now, Lavagram has enlisted the support of renowned cartoonists and animators who share the love for comic strips. Many of those are also former Disney animator Tom Bancroft with original comic strip Outnumbered. When we were little kids, it was all about the comics, said Tom Bancroft, and I love this idea. Now, currently, syndicated cartoonists have endorsed this project as well, and there's a lot of people that are behind this. I mean, it is fantastic. Many people who are behind many of those comic strips that I also just mentioned to you, many of them that we grew up with, are behind this project. Now, the Kickstarter campaign rewards include a variety of subscription packages and original art by the cartoonists that are contributing, including Tom Bancroft. Now, beyond preserving the comics of the past, Laughogram hopes to inspire a new generation of children to become the next great American artist. As they have put it in their press release, we want kids involved in this project. Above all, we want to instill creativity in the young generation, as well as showcase the amazing American art of the past, present, and future. Laughogram will leave a blank strip in each paper for personal expression of its loyal subscribers. How awesome is that? Now you can draw your own comic strip each one you get. I mean, I think that I love this. I love this idea. I have already subscribed as part of this Kickstarter campaign. I mean, it's it's fantastic and I urge all of you to do it as well. Now, if you want to find out more about this, we do have an official write-up on our official website at dizradio.com, but uh, I can go ahead and give you the URL right here as well. Now, uh, the URL is kickstarter.com slash projects slash logans slash laugh dash o dash gram dash weekly dash comic dash strip dash paper dash delivered dash buy all right did you get that probably not just go to disradio.com we have a link right there as well but this is definitely one that you want to jump on board with now moving away from comic strips and cgi let's get into film 
And how about the world of tomorrow? And how about Disney creating Tomorrowland in the X Prize Challenge? Share your vision of the future. Yes, inspired by the upcoming Disney movie Tomorrowland, the Walt Disney Studios, Disney Citizenship, and X Prize announce a nationwide challenge for young innovators. Beginning April 22nd of 2015, Disney's Create Tomorrowland X Prize Challenge invites kids to imagine themselves in the future and report back to the present through video, imagery, and stories about one new amazing adventure or innovation they encounter, how it looks, and the impact it has on the future. Now in June, six winners will have a once-in-a-lifetime mentorship experience with a leader in their area of interest. Now in addition, each winner will also receive a $3,000 check, a 3D printer from 3D Systems, I want that, and a registration for first LEGO League for the competition season of 2015 to 2016 in the United States. Now, as they have released in their press, Tomorrowland has always been a place of possibility in our parks and for the creative team behind our new film, said Sean Bailey, president of Walt Disney Studios Motion Picture Production. The future will be steered by the imaginations of our young people, and Disney is thrilled to work with XPRIZE to encourage and inspire the next generation of thinkers and dreamers to build the future they imagine and make it possible. Participants that are going to compete, now this is where I feel kind of bummed out, but... It is for kids 8 to 12 years old and 13 to 17 year old. There's going to be two separate divisions. Now all entrants must have prior consent from their parents or legal guardian in order to participate in the challenge. Now official rules are located on the website and submissions will be judged on innovation, creativity and presentation. Now XPRIZE will provide a panel of judges who will evaluate and score all the submissions and the six winners will be chosen. Now, supporting XPRIZE partners include, include FIRST, which stands for For Inspiration and Recognition of Science and Technology, 3D Systems, and the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Now, Disney's Tomorrowland, in conjunction with this, does hit theaters in May of 2015. Now, XPRIZE Challenge has stated, We are excited to launch the Create Tomorrowland XPRIZE Challenge, which gives young people a platform to voice and depict their creative, bold, imaginative, problem-solving inventions for the future, said the Senior Vice President of Marketing and Communications of XPRIZE. Now, XPRIZE, if you're curious who this is, was founded in 1995, and XPRIZE is the leading organization solving the world's grand challenges by creating and managing incentive prized in five areas, including learning, exploration, energy, environment, global development, life sciences as well. Now this is a fantastic outlook. I encourage everybody to enter this and that's Disney's Create Tomorrowland, the XPRIZE Challenge, share your vision of the future. If you'd like to find out more about this, definitely visit their official website at xprize.org. That's the letter X, P-R-I-Z-E.org. And we also have it posted on the official website at disradio.com. Now, moving from Tomorrowland, let's go back into the golden age of cinema. I'm talking about MGM Studios. Well, not that far. Hollywood Studios. Well, soon to be, I don't know, Star Wars Studios? Frozen Studios? Well, anyways, a new menu is set to debut at the studio catering company at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Now, new additions are going to include braised pulled brisket sandwiches, stacked with Munster cheese, creamy horseradish, and arugula. Now, there's also going to be a new deli sandwich piled with ham, salami, pepperoni, and provolone cheese, a creamy pesto spread, pepper relish, and balsamic glaze. Now, another new addition for guests is going to be a panini with turkey, Swiss, provolone, and honey mustard and tomato basil soup. 
Then, to wrap it up on the lighter side, there's a vegetable wrap with a garlic herb spread. Now these entrees can be paired with french fries, apple slices, or guests can choose from two new sides which are going to be house-made chips and tomato basil soup. Now these are all new things as Disney continues to shake up the menu based off current trends really. I mean, really what it is is people are tired of just eating burgers and everybody is health conscious. You know, I, I love eating wraps, but I also do love a big fat burger coming to the studio catering company at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Now, since we are talking about the parks, let's talk about Walt Disney Parks and Resorts and SMS Audio form a strategic alliance. Now, Walt Disney Parks and Resorts and Delray Beach-based SMS Audio have formed a multi-year alliance in which SMS becomes the official headphones of Walt Disney World Resort in Orlando and the Disneyland Resort in California. Now, the financial terms were not disclosed for this, but SMS Audio products, including its Star Wars First Edition SMS Audio headphones, now are available for purchase at select locations throughout the Walt Disney World and Disneyland Resort. Now, as it has been released, establishing an alliance with Walt Disney Parks and Resorts is consistent with our strategic goal to build SMS Audio into a premier global audio brand said Brian Nohe, president of SMS Audio. We look forward to building upon this alliance even further. Now, as part of the agreement, SMS Audio will also be the sponsor of Star Tours, the Adventures Continues attraction at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Now, the company's products will be featured at the park's annual Star Wars Weekends, which attracts thousands of people in the Central Florida area. Now, in addition, SMS Audio will also be a sponsor of the Avengers Superheroes Half Marathon Weekend and the Star Wars Half Marathon Weekend, both held at the Disneyland Resort. Now, I have been talking for quite some time here, all of you D-heads, and we have a great show lined up. Many things on the horizon. Last piece of news here. You may recall a few episodes ago, we had uh, some people from the cast of Girl Meets World here, and uh, somebody who was the love interest of Ryder Strong, who we all know as Sean Hunter. Well, Ryder Strong is now directing tomorrow night's season finale of Girl Meets World. Yes, Ryder Strong is directing tomorrow night's season finale of Girl Meets World, and Disney Channel is ecstatic to have him on board and be part of the series. Now, on the season finale of the Boy Meets World spinoff Girl Meets World, which is huge and already renewed for a second season, Lucas and Riley finally get on their first real date. Now, since Riley's dad, Corey, is not exactly keen on the idea, he enlists Maya and Farkle to tag along. I can guess that this is just going to be typical fun hijinks along the way. Now, as Ryder has said, this was a super fun episode for Ryder to direct, and the first date makes it an interesting first time to direct for the series. Now, the season finale for the show does happen tomorrow night, March 27th at 8.30 p.m., and uh, definitely tune in for that. So, all of you D-heads, with that said, I'm going to release the reins to the D-team. You have questions, he has answers, and Aaron's going to answer all your questions, and I want to know. We also have Nathan back with a look back at this week in Disney history. We have Caitlin with the latest from the Walt Disney World Resort with WDWN2. And later on in the show, we have Randy back with multimedia news and more. So, all of you D-heads, with that said, I'm going to release the reins, but before I do that, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by dvc-rental.com, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. At dvc-rental.com, you can save up to 60% on your next Walt Disney World vacation just by purchasing unused Vacation Club points and staying at the best Walt Disney World resorts like the Polynesian, the Grand Floridian, and more just by purchasing dvc 
rental.com the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all of you D-heads, with that said, I'm going to release the reins to the D-team, and the next time you hear me, I'm actually going to be playing with a, you know, a cousin of the Brady's and rolling around with Stuffy from Doc McStuffins or maybe just fighting off some bad guys from the Foot Clan with Michelangelo and the Ninja Turtles as I'll have Robbie Wrist here in the studio. Be right back, all of you D-heads. Take it away, team. Studios theme park. The dream comes true. A behind-the-scenes look at the magic of special effects, Disney's newest cast of characters, and a ride that goes beyond any Disney's done yet, into the middle of the movies. That and more coming up in the next hour. Hi, I'm Kathleen Sullivan, the Walt Disney World Ambassador, here at the new Disney MGM Studios theme park at the Walt Disney World Resort. This spectacular movie playground celebrated its grand premiere just last week, and all the stars came out in dazzling style. During the next hour, we'll be taking you on a very revealing tour of this new Disney dream come true. Your guides will be the Disney Imagineers and decision makers who took a Walt Disney original idea and turned it into state-of-the-art reality. Stay tuned. You're going to see Disney entertainment as you've never seen it before. This is Jerry Reese. You are listening to DizRadio.com. You have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know. Hey D-Heads, this is Aaron, and I'm back with another installment of I Want to Know. Spring has sprung here in Arkansas, everything is in full bloom. Hope everyone is enjoying this time of year. If you hear a little booming in the background, it's storming pretty good here tonight. 
Well, you guys have been busy sending questions in, so the virtual mailbag is full. Let's reach in and see what questions we have for this week. Our first question is from Jenna of California, and she writes, Aaron in the Disney On Demand podcast, I was recently talking with a family member, and the topic came up about Disney live-action films. None of us could remember the name of one. Maybe you can help. It was an older film and had two kids looking for a treasure of some sort. I think it maybe was from around the 70s. They were searching for a long-lost treasure from an island or something. It maybe was a wonderful world of Disney film. Thank you for any help. Well, thanks for the great question. There wasn't a lot to go on, but I hope I found the movie you're asking about. The movie is titled Secrets of Pirates Inn. It's a 1969 TV movie produced by Walt Disney Productions. It was originally broadcast on NBC as a two-part episode on the wonderful world of Disney on November 23rd and November 30th in 1969. Secret of the Pirates Inn stars Ed Bagley in one of his last roles, playing a retired Irish sea captain. Three kids, played by Jimmy Bracken, Annie McEvity, and Patrick Kramer, try to help the old captain locate the lost treasure of pirate Jean Lafitte. A reporter, played by Charles Aidman, tags along, supposedly to get a story. When the treasure is unearthed, though, the reporter shows his true colors by making off with the booty and kidnapping one of the kids. Well, I sure hope this is the movie you were thinking about. Feel free to email me to let me know. Our next question is from Becky Limpkin of Alabama, and she writes, First off, love the show, D-Team. My question is about an old CD from Disney. I think it had a variety of rap songs on it from Mickey and the Fab Five. What was the name of it, and is it available anywhere? Well, the CD you're referring to is called Mickey Unwrapped. It was released in 1994 and features Mickey and his friends rapping songs. Some of the songs featured are Ice Ice Mickey by Minnie Mouse, Bow Wow to the Beat by Mickey, DJ Goof by Goofy, and You Can't Botch This by Goofy, Mickey, and Minnie. This CD can be found on Amazon, and some songs are also on YouTube. Well, our last question this week is from Tegan Ray from Utah, and she writes, Hello to the show. This is my first time writing in. I was listening to some songs from Disney TV shows. Now, it's not the Disney Afternoon, but with some songs sung by Ariel. What is the name of the CD since I only found them on a streaming site with no name? Also, are there other inspired CDs by, like, Monsters, Inc. or Lions King and so on? Thank you, Aaron, for any help. Your segment always teaches me something new. Your friend in D-Head. Well, thanks a lot for the compliments. I'm glad you're learning things. I'm learning right along with you. The name of the LP is the Little Mermaid Splash Hits, released in 1992. It features songs from the TV series. There's also a Sebastian Party Gras CD that features Calypso and reggae music. And as far as other CDs, there's Monsters, Inc. Scream Factory Favorites, and it was released in 2013. These are all available on Amazon, and there are many other CDs that are inspired by LPs from vintage Disneyland records, but we'll save that for a later discussion. Well, D-Heads, it's that time again. That concludes our installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for the great questions and keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, 
at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D-Heads. That was mighty fine shooting, Mr. Padgett. <laughs> Help me, Jimmy. Come on. All right, hold it there. Don't move till I tell you to. Unless you want to get two barrels full. We're sorry for not coming back when you told us to, but we just had to try and stop you from getting away with the treasure. Well, I can't say as I approve of your disobeying, but it appears everything has turned out well. Why'd you have to jump off the boat? Well, he might have got away. I was just going to try and capture him. Sure. <laughs> Can't watch this. Can't watch this. Can't watch this. My, my, my. I turned on the hose to water my lawn. I went inside and left it on. Now my yard is a great big lake. And in my garden, waves are breaking. Pluto got all covered in mud, so I gave him a bath in the tub. He barked and howled and shook his coat. Now I'm the one who got all soaked. Simplest things turn into a mess. Just when you're sure you can't watch this. Can't watch this. I see you over there behind that tree. Can't watch this. Here's a bone. Gotcha, gotcha. Can't watch this. Don't shake. Oh, you got water all over me. Cooking is simple, easy as pie. Who needs a recipe? I'll just try a pinch of this, a dash of that. Ew, it tastes like an old doorbell. I went to a store and bought a bike, put it together, but it didn't look right. There's handlebars in the back, you see, and an extra wheel where the seat should be. Wasn't too sure, so I took a guess. It said on the box, you can't watch this. Ouch, my pinky. Can't watch this. Gorge. That's smarts. Can't watch this. <laughs> Give me that hammer there. Can't watch this. <laughs> Break it down now. You know what they said? Hey, open the door! I'm stuck out here! Where's the key? Hi there, it's Caitlin here with WDWN2, a quick rundown of what's happening in the parks. If you're a fan of Disney's March Magic, their annual bracket to vote for best Disney attraction or experience, then they've got something fun coming for you. March Magic Team t-shirts are now available on the Disney Parks online store, but they're limited. Only a select number will be available each week based on which teams move forward in the voting process, so you better check now if you want to get one of the top teams before they're gone. The Wishes Dessert Party has been revamped and reservations can now be made. Starting on July 5th, the dessert party will be held in the new seating area that was part of the recent hub expansion. 
there will be plenty of new desserts as well as fruits and cheeses added to the menu. Oh, and as wishes begins, everyone takes part in a toast with sparkling cider. The price for adults is $53.24, and for children, it's $31.94, and reservations can be made online at DisneyWorld.com dine. Each week, it seems like there's something new to report on the Downtown Disney, Disney Springs transformation, and this week is no exception. A new pedestrian bridge was installed this week, which will connect the Disney team Disney area to the downtown Disney area, and it will soon be open to the public. And the Boathouse restaurant is set to open next month. And one last thing, a brand new menu will soon be available at the Studio Catering Company in Hollywood Studios. There's a braised pulled brisket sandwich with Munster cheese, arugula, and horseradish that sounds wonderful, as well as a new deli sandwich. I'm pretty sure I'm ready for some Disney Parks food. Thanks for listening, and until next time, don't forget, you can fly. <laughs> Did you ever see an elephant fly? <laughs> well, I seen a horse fly. Ah, I seen a dragon fly. <laughs> I seen a house fly. <laughs> see, I seen all that too. I seen a peanut stand and heard a rubber band. I seen a needle that winked its eye. But I be done seeing about everything when I see an elephant fly. What you say, boy? I said when I see an elephant fly, I seen the front porch swing, heard a diamond ring. I seen a polka dot railroad tie. But I be done seeing about everything when I see an elephant fly. <laughs> Clothes are the raven bug. And they tell me that a man made a vegetable truck. I didn't see that. I only heard. Just to be sociable, I'll take your word. I heard a fireside chat. I saw a baseball man. And I just laughed and I thought I'd die. But I'll be done seeing about everything when I see an elephant fly. Envelope to Davis and Kirk. Write down that. The Doc Files. Any more patience, Hallie? No, Doc. You just have to finish filling in your charts. Doctor's work is never done. Neither is a hippo's. I'm gonna tidy up back here. Sometimes the cause of an illness is right under your nose or your foot. Like in the case of the Sticky Slippies, it all started during a tea party. Stuffy, do be a lamb and bring us our teacups. I 
got it. as graceful as a gazelle loose in a grade school. What happened? It's not like me to fall down. Even I know that isn't true. Okay, okay. So maybe I do fall sometimes, but this was different. See? My foot's all slidey! It was time for a checkup. No matter how you looked at it, this was a sticky situation. Stuffy, you have a case of the sticky slippies. There's a sticker stuck to the bottom of your foot. Huh. Well, I'll just get that off of here. Come on, come on. <laughs> oh! I'm okay. I'm going to have to pull it off. It might hurt for just a sec. I'll be brave. One, two. Not brave, not brave. <laughs> I'm uh, just going to sit right here and wait for you guys. Stuffy. I don't like it when my mom pulls off a bandage either. But if I rip it off quickly, it'll only hurt for a second. A second, huh? I guess I can handle that. Are you an inventor, creative thinker? Maybe you just want to change the world. Disney and XPRIZE have teamed up again to find the next generation of great innovators. In the Disney Create Tomorrowland XPRIZE Challenge, we want you to take a journey in your imagination to a place where anything is possible. That's right, picture yourself in the future. Are there hover cars, robots, monorails? What about space travel? Be creative, show us your unique idea. Visit xprizechallenge.org slash create tomorrowland. So get ready, Disney's Create Tomorrowland XPRIZE Challenge launches April 20th. 22nd. You'll have the chance to win some awesome prizes. And be sure to check out Disney's new movie, Tomorrowland, in theaters May 22nd. Hi again, D-Heads. Welcome to yet another installment of This Week in Disney History. I am Nathan, and ready to take you through another segment's worth of historical Disney facts and potential trivia. Branching off of that, let's begin. Starting out this week in Disney history, we begin in 1901 with two facts. Legendary Disney animator, pioneer, and mechanical genius Ub Iwerks is born in Kansas City, Missouri. And cartoonist Carl Barks is born to Armita and William Barks on a farm in Merrill, Oregon. As you know, Carl Barks will, will draw Donald Duck comic books starting in 1943 for nearly three decades and invent Duckburg as well as many of its inhabitants such as Scrooge McDuck and Gladstone Gander. Moving on to 1905, French novelist Jules Verne, author of such classics as From the Earth to the Moon, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, and Around the World in 80 Days, passes at age 77 in France. In 1910, original Musketeer MC and 1992 Disney legend Jimmy Dodd, the adult leader on television's Mickey Mouse Club, the original one, is born in Cincinnati, Ohio. In 1911, radio and television actress Paula Winslow, the voice of Bambi's mother and the 42 classic Bambi, is born in North Dakota. In 1931, actor Leonard Nimoy, the voice of, bear with me here D-heads, King Kashikam Nadaka in Disney's 2001 classic Atlantis the Lost Empire is born in Boston, Massachusetts. In 1936, artist Ollie Johnson, future member of Walt's Old and Iron Old Men, becomes master animator Fred Moore's assistant at the Disney studio. In 1944, United States Marine Corps Gunnery Sergeant Drill Instructor turned actor R. Lee Ermey is born in Emporia, Kansas. Often known for his roles of authority figures, he provided the voice of Sarge in the Toy Story series. His other Disney voice credits include Fillmore, Recess School's Out, and Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, The Adventure Begins. 
1947, voice actor and impressionist Tony Pope is born near Cleveland, Ohio. He did a parade of voices for the Little Golden Books and Records series and the classic Disney read-alongs. His Disneyland Records work led to voicing Goofy for 11 years in films, theme park rides, and cartoons. And also in 1947, singer, songwriter, and pianist Elton John, the man behind the music for Disney's Lion King and Ada, is born in Pinner, Middlesex, England. In 1952, the first public announcement of Walt Disney's plans to build Disneyland are printed in the Burbank Daily Review with the headline, Walt Disney Make Believe Land Project Planned Here, 1.5 Million Dreamland to Rise on Site in Burbank. In 1962, actor Eric Alan Kramer, who played Bob Duncan on the Disney Channel series Good Luck Charlie, is born in Grand Rapids, Michigan. In 1967, Disney's 17-minute cartoon Scrooge McDuck and Money is released, and will be Uncle Scrooge's first major animated appearance. In 1969, a Disneyland 101 privately owned Volkswagen Beetles parade down Main Street to celebrate Herbie Day to promote the Love Bug film. In 1970, actress Elizabeth Mitchell who played Mrs. Claus and Carol Calvin in Disney's 2006 live-action feature The Santa Claus 3, The Escape Clause, is born in Los Angeles, California. She first played Santa's wife in the 2002 The Santa Claus 2, The Mrs. Claus, and fans of ABC TV's lo series Lost know Mitchell for her character of Dr. Juliette Burke. In 1975, the Lake Buena Vista Village, an area of shops along the shores of Lake Buena Vista while Disney World officially opened for business. It provides the first non-park shopping at Disney World and is promoted as a quote-unquote restful shopping atmosphere similar to a New England seaside village. It will be renamed later on down the line to Walt Disney World Village before being rechristened as the more familiar Disney Village Marketplace. In 1976, actress Carrie Russell, a masketeer on Disney Channel's all-new Mickey Mouse Club from 1991 to 93, is born in Fountain Valley, California. In 1977, Josh Ackerman, who was a Mouseketeer for seven seasons on the 1989 all-new Mickey Mouse Club TV series, is born in St. Paul, Minnesota. In 1985, actress Kira Knightley, known for her role as Elizabeth Swan in the Disney Pirates of the Caribbean features, is born in Middlesex, England. In 1986, The Sword in the Stone becomes the fourth Walt Disney classic to be released on video. In 1987, the very first Disney store opens in the Glendale Galleria in Glendale, California. It is Disney's first retail store outside of a theme park or resort. In 1990, Disney's Touchstone Pictures releases Pretty Woman, which is a romantic comedy starring Richard Gere and Julia Roberts and directed by Gary Marshall. In 1996, the Walt Disney Company and McDonald's Corporation signed a 10-year multinational promotional alliance set to begin in January 1997. In 2000, You'll Be In My Heart, written and performed by Phil Collins from the Disney feature Tarzan, won an Oscar for Best Song at the 72nd Academy Awards. And also in 2000, Disneyland officials lifted a ban on park employees wearing mustaches, which had been a stipulation that had been put into effect in 1957 by Walt Disney himself. In 2001, The Sorcerer's Hat debuted at Disney MGM Studios and is now the icon of Disney MGM, replacing the Earful Tower. Built in front of the Great Movie Ride, the structure was inspired by The Sorcerer's Apprentice segment of the Walt Disney's 1940 animated film Fantasia. In 2002, Randy Newman's If I Didn't Have You from Disney's Monsters, Inc. is awarded an Oscar for Best Song at the 2001 Academy Awards at the Kodak Theater. After 15 nominations, it is Newman's first Oscar win. In 2003, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is released on a two-disc DVD set and a special edition VHS. And also in 2003, the film Wonders of China ended its run at Epcot and will be replaced with Reflections of China. 
In 2006, actress Miley Cyrus, who is the daughter of actor and singer Billy Ray Cyrus, starred on Disney Channel's Hannah Montana with the debut episode, Lily, Do You Want to Know a Secret? And also in 2006, also debuting on the Disney Channel, is the original Disney movie, Cowbells, starring Allie and AJ. In 2007, Disney's 2005 live-action feature Sky High premiered on Disney Channel. In 2008, Hong Kong Disneyland announced the countdown to the launch of It's a Small World attraction, scheduled to open April 28, 2008. This version of the ride will feature 38 Disney characters as well as the usual expected animatronics from past versions of the ride. In 2009, Typhoon Lagoon, Walt Disney World's 56-acre water park, reopened after being closed for refurbishment. Also in 2009, the much-anticipated five-disc set, Walt Disney, and the 1964 World's Fair is finally released. A rare behind-the-scenes look at the Walt Disney's contribution to fair included a 24-page full-color booklet and more than three hours of recordings from the classic attractions and exhibits designed by Disney himself. And also in 2009, High School Musical 3, Senior Year, won Favorite Movie at Nickelodeon's 22nd Annual Kids' Choice Awards held in California. In 2010, Waking Sleeping Beauty began its theatrical run with limited releases in New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, and San Francisco. The film, directed by Don Hahn, chronicled the time from 1984 to 1994 when a perfect storm of people and circumstances changed the face of animation forever. Also, I gotta suggest, that is a fantastic documentary and you should check it out. In 2011, shareholders re-elect Walt Disney Company's board slate, including Apple Incorporated Chief Executive Steve Jobs and 12 other nominees. And we end this week in Disney history, D-Heads, with 2012, when the Disney store celebrated its 25th anniversary of stores nationwide. And in recognition of this important milestone, Disney store gave the first 250 guests at each Disney store location a silver commemorative Mickey Mouse ear set. Well, D-Heads, that's all again for this week in Disney history. Hope you enjoyed and learned something maybe you didn't know. Have a great week, and see you real soon. You've heard they exist, but you never believed they were real, because you never actually seen them, until now. Just what is going on out there, April? They're mean. Hey, what are you, some sort of punker? God, I hate punkers. Especially bald ones with green makeup. They're green. What the heck was that? Look like sort of a big title in a trench coat. And they're on the screen. God, I love being a turtle! Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Prepare to be shell-shocked. Hey, D-Heads, you're listening to Disney On Demand, a new kind of Disney show, only on DizRadio.com. D-I-Z Radio.com. The dog is in, and she'll fix you up. If you're a toy, then you're in luck. It's okay, don't be afraid, the dog really knows her
Lights, camera, action. It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. And as we continue to bring you all the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney, many of those are ones that play a role on television, movies, and more, including some of those that you've passed on to your children even now. They're always connected with the Disney company, and we have somebody here who you may remember from the Brady Bunch as Cousin Oliver. But for all of you new parents out there, you know him as Stuffy from Doc Mc stuffins we have none other than robbie wrist here with us welcome to disney on demand well thank you for having me it is our pleasure having you on i mean your career spans so many different generations i like to put it as because you've played a part in so many people's lives but as always as all of our listeners already know i'm going to do is what got you started into acting uh i complained my parents into it um, I was, uh, uh, sort of a universal 1930s horror movie obsessive when I was a kid. And, uh, it started at about three with me going, I want to be in a monster movie. I want to be in a monster movie, which became just, I want to become, I want to be in a movie to which my parents said, well, why don't we take him on an audition? He'll see how boring it is and he won't want to do it. And uh, and then I got it. And then I had the next six auditions. And by then, well, the die was cast. Well, you know, and it was one of those where, you know, you knew what you wanted and you loved it and thrived from it. And uh, you proved your parents wrong. So I'm sure that felt like a, a good zinger to them. Yeah, it's, it's always a good thing around Thanksgiving. You know, I proved you guys wrong. Well, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, uh, I, I I did know what I wanted to do. I was lucky. I, I knew what I wanted to do when I was a very young person. Well, you know, and, you know, your career has been fruitful. And, of course, you know, many of our listeners out there, and I'm sure you've been approached with this many times in interviews, but, of course, Cousin Oliver in the final episodes of The Brady Bunch. And, you know, there's a variety of things. I mean, one, you know, how did you land that role? How was it working on the set? And did they ever find Tiger? <laughs> Actually, okay, we'll go in reverse. Tiger had probably the most interesting post-Brady career of anybody else because Tiger is the dog in the movie A Boy and His Dog with Don Johnson. So, so Tiger definitely went on to do really incredible things. And uh, as far as the Brady thing goes for me, I was uh, I had read for a potential spinoff show they were going to do with Ken Barry about uh, a divorcee and a couple of his sons. And being Ken Barry's son would have been difficult for me, being a blonde and all. And then, uh, so I didn't get that gig. But uh, when the Oliver thing came up. Uh, I, you know, I, I read, I read, you know, they, they remembered me and called me in, but I mean, like 500 kids read for it from what I understand. I mean, it's pretty, uh, uh, it was a, you know, it was a, it was a pretty big audition and I won it. And, uh, here we are 40 some years later and we're still talking about it. Well, you know, and the Brady Bunch has gone down, you know, in television history and being cousin Oliver on there. I mean, you know, it's one of those where you know, fans of the show and even new people just discovering the show, you know, they remember your portrayal on there and, you know, the way it went. And, you know, I, I always say it's the final six episodes. Now, you know, what would have happened if they decided to renew that following season? I think that we would have been seeing a lot of hijinks with Oliver. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess we'll never uh, we'll never truly find out. Uh, I would have liked to have seen it go another year, you know, it's, uh, uh, as it is. uh I, I I don't want to put too fine a point on it or anything, but I mean the Brady Bunch. Think about how many television shows have come out since 1973 when that show went off the air, and people are still talking about. There's very few. 
uh, and I, you know, I would have been great maybe to go another year, you know, really sort of become a, become a part of, uh, you know, the, the American landscape, uh, the cultural landscape. But, uh, as it is, I mean, it's a, it's a show that, you know, people are still talking about, people are still getting into. I, I, there's, it seems to me that every seven years, you know, just like, just like uh, the Walt Disney Company, uh, every seven years, there's a whole new generation of fans that, uh, that sort of grow into it, you know? Definitely. You know, and working on that show too, like you said, being part of that, you know, not getting that extra season, but there's a couple of things there. I mean, you did utter the uh, final line of the final episode. So that right there, you know, you do have that legacy is you were the last person to say anything on the Brady Bunch. That's a, that's a pretty cool little legacy thing, isn't it? I mean, I'm also, uh, you know, I did the last uh, two years of the Mary Tyler Moore show and uh, I'm in the last episode of the Mary Tyler Moore show, which is arguably one of the best last episodes of a television show ever. Uh, I don't I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it is so heartbreaking. It is so joyous and so wonderful. And uh, and I got to you know I got to be in the room during it. I consider that it's a pretty lucky thing. Well, you know, and you know, working on I guess shows like the Brady Bunch, Mary Tyler Moore Show, and a variety of these you know classic shows that you were part of, including even the Bionic Woman. Um, do you ever go on any of these shows and you you look back and there's just one fond memory that really you still have to this day from working on some of these shows that is a story that's going to be part of your memoirs forever? Uh, <laughs> well, let's see. There's uh, Susan Olsen breaking my face. Uh, let's see <laughs> what else. Uh, there was uh, the the story she and I always tell because uh, it's just hilarious. She we you know there was a tear totter in the back uh, of the set you know in the backyard part of the set of the Brady Bunch and you know in between shots uh, you know Susan and I would uh, sort of get on this thing and uh, like if you if you bounced. The per- if the person who was on the bottom bounced the end of the teeter-totter on the ground, the person on the other end of the teeter-totter would get a little air. Uh, so uh, one time Susan, who, you know, I mean, she's a couple years older than me, so she, you know, she outweighed me by a good 30 pounds, hits the bottom of the teeter-totter to the ground, and I sail over the handlebars and land on my face in the center of the teeter-totter and slide down to her. If you watch the last couple of episodes, you see there's this large thing that they keep trying to cover over with makeup, but it's it's very much there. So so that, that, that one sticks with me. Well, you know, and there's probably many of those. And, you know, you went and did a lot of great, like I said, on Mary, Mary Tyler Moore. I mean, a lot of great shows. Now, that's also going to bring me to not just shows, but, you know, moving on in your career and also being part of Iron Eagle. I mean, that is an 80s classic. Everybody loves Iron Eagle. You know, what is it like being part of that? It's really strange. I keep, I keep running into these things. And, and again, I, you know, I use the word lucky a lot. Um, but uh, I'm really lucky in that I keep stumbling into these things that seem to really have, you know, I don't know, for want of a better word, cultural legs. I mean, they, they, they're, they're still talking about it. I mean, Iron Eagle, again, it's a middle 80s movie. It's over 30 years old, and uh, and it's still around. It's still, people are still talking about it. They're still watching it. I get mail on it all the time. It's a, it's a pretty crazy thing. Well, you know, and we all know that, you know, kids in the 80s or even teenagers in the 80s, you know, there is that time now where 80s movies are getting this, uh, you know, cult- cultural, I guess, fandom going on right now at many conventions and everything else and there's a, this rebirth of 80s movies that everybody's rediscovering. Yeah, sure. Well, I think all the 
kids of the 80s are having kids of their own and they're like, oh, you never saw this movie, you know, so, you know, they're starting to, because that seems to be how it goes. I did uh, the voice of Michelangelo in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies and, I, you know, I go to conventions and I do all this kind of stuff and it seems that, it, it, like Star Wars, the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is, is, is a very generational sort of thing, uh, you know, guys who are now in their 30s with kids are starting to show the movie to their seven-year-olds, and and it's and it's catching on just as much. Well, definitely, you know, and I, you know, I'm a father as well, and you know, my five-year-old and seven-year-old boys, they love those movies to the point where, you know, they they are saying it line for line, and uh, you know, you have, like you said, you have that cultural generation where Ninja Turtles have their own legs. They are. Something that started in the 80s and now are, you know, part of American culture and it's a staple here. And, you know, you were part of that. Now, when it comes to doing that, that's, of course, voice work. And that's entirely different than being on screen. I guess what led you down, you know, realizing, hey, I, I can do some voices. And then, of course, being a pizza loving turtle. <laughs> it was well, again, it was luck. Uh, I was uh, in my 20s. I was with an agency that uh, had a voiceover department, and every once in a while, if they needed young people voices, they would go to the young people's department and bring them up to the voiceover department, and I started booking them. And then I started booking them a lot. And pretty much, I mean, I did I did very little on camera work for about 25 years because I was I mean I was almost entirely doing you know voiceover stuff which is amazing it's a it's the best if you can get the work which is the big challenge but if you can get the work it's it's the best job in the world it's over quickly it uh it's super creative uh you can you 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 won't end up being oversaturated because you know nobody's looking at you. Uh, it has a, it has an awful lot of positives. I mean, it's been because I teach voiceover too, so it's it's definitely been discovered by the public out there. Everybody wants to be in voiceover now. <laughs> well, definitely, you know, it is one of those overpopulated markets. You know, much like uh, you know when graphic design took off, everything. There's always that that moment where things really take off, and you've been fortunate to be part of these. Now, you know, when they approached you to do Michelangelo in the movies and you know doing that role did you I guess realize how big these live action versions of this animated series was going to be well at the time when we were doing it not so much uh, as a matter of fact uh, there was when I was doing my part of it uh, there was a, a line producer there uh, who was, you know, talking to someone else on the on the on the, on the crew, and then uh, they were saying that they were concerned that the first movie might be a little too dark and kids won't dig it. And then it had the biggest opening weekend of any indie film in history. So apparently they were wrong. Um, so I didn't really know what I was up against going into it. I, you know, for me, it was just another job. And then it went on and became this thing, this juggernaut that, that, I mean, the first movie that, I mean, that thing lasted the entire year. You know, people were still going to see it. I mean, it had, it made like, you know, a hundred and almost two hundred million dollars on kids' tickets, which is half price. So that means, really, there were twice that amount of people that went to that went to go see it. 
So, uh, you know, it, I think everybody was caught by surprise. I think even the uh, I think even the creators of it were, were sort of like, wow, I had no idea that it had this kind of, you know, this kind of impact. Well, you know, and on top of that, too, like you said, it's been passed on to generations and my boys love it. Well, and my and my daughters as well. They all love it. But you've also been part of other things that have such huge fan base followings as well. Um, you know, like Naruto. I mean, that, you know, that right there, everybody loves that. That is you know, huge fan base right there. What is it like working on something, you know, completely different than the typical American animation? Yeah, well, I mean, anime is a whole thing now. It's, it, you know, that's a whole side of voiceover that uh, there's a guy who's on Naruto uh, called, his name's Crispin Freeman, and uh, Crispin is Mr. Anime. He's on like five or six of these things. It's just, uh, it, it, it's an actual uh, it's an actual side of the business that there's a whole bunch of people now that want to get into it. You know, again, in my teaching a voiceover thing, you know, so many people, I'm like, so what do you, I mean, ultimately, what do you guys want to do here? And I hear anime a lot. And uh, it, it really is the, it, it seems to me that anime is sort of the, the fan genre. Uh, you know, the, most of your comic book conventions and stuff like that. I mean, there's cartoons and stuff that they, you know, have their booths and stuff. But it, really, the cosplayers and all that stuff, they really lean uh, toward these these anime characters. Uh, it's really interesting to me that you know, there's within voiceover, there's all these little these little universes that you can occupy. You know, definitely. You know, and everything from anime, like you've been part of, and also you know, films like Balto and many of those, and of course, many things for you know newer generations, things that are passed on. But then you know, going back, jo yeah, Jonathan, going I have back. to ask you, Jonathan, I have to ask you this question though. Do you just have my IMDb page open in front of you? You're just pulling this stuff off the top of your head. <laughs> I do my research in, in advance, but you know, to answer your question and being truthfully honest, I do not have it in front of me. Wow, you just it's all cool. off the top of your. You are a true professional, sir. Well, you know, in pulling it back back around too, you know, with all these advancements and things you've done and voice work, that's also going to bring me back to a lot of our old school listeners out there as well. Well, you know, and fans of vintage Disney and being part of the the Mickey Mouse Club and the serials there with you know Kim Richards and. Of course, many people growing up, everyone had that crush on Kim Richards at the time. Hey, hey and none, like no, no crush, no crush any larger than the one I had. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, uh there was, uh, on the, within the Mickey Mouse Club show that was in the late seventies, they had a serial show that was, you know, like five minutes every week dedicated, you know, uh, it was called Mystery of Rustler's Cave and it was, Kim Richards, uh, myself, uh, a, uh, a, a young actor, uh, who did a lot of stuff back then and, and we're all out there looking for him. I wonder where the guy is. His name was Christian Jutner. He was, uh, well, he did, he's in that. He did, he's in the movie, I Want to Hold Your Hand. Uh, he's, uh, so anyway, uh, when I got the job, I'm like, oh my God, I'm working with these people. What the hell are they having me on this for? And, uh, uh, <laughs> It was, and it was, it was super fun. It was a, uh, it was a cowboys and motorcycles kind of, uh, kind of thing about, uh, some city kids who go to a, 
uh, dude ranch for for summer vacation, and they get embroiled in a uh, in a cattle rustling thing. It's a uh, it's super adorable. God, you know, God, I haven't thought about that in forever. But yeah, no, I've I've definitely uh, been sort of part of the Disney organization on more than one occasion. Well, definitely, and that's gonna fast forward to more voice work and something that you know I truly have experience in. With uh, you know, my two and a half year old daughter just loves it in Doc McStuffins and playing uh, Stuffy the the dragon. I guess. What is it like working on this show now that actually has reached such worldwide acclaim? Because, you know, as it sounds, you know, it is an animated series that has been nominated for so many awards, especially because it appeals to so many audiences on so many levels. Yeah. um, When I first got it, uh, I was just... uh, I liked the fact that it was... It was educational without without shoving it down your throat. Um, I, I thought all the messages were really cool, and uh, you know, I mean, I was really proud to be a part of it. And then, and then it, it premieres, and it went pretty crazy. And it seems that now they're talking about there's going to be a spike in the amount of young girls who go into medical school and and who go into the sciences. And I mean. I understand that most cartoon shows are developed so they can sell toys, which this one does a lot, but it also is doing more than that. It's, it's actually, it's actually doing something good as well as being entertaining. And I, I, I couldn't, this is one of the things I understand that it's a television show for four to seven year olds, but it's one of the things that I'm most proud of that I've ever been involved in. Because it really, it, it, it's got, it's got kids, it's got kids. It, I have friends who are, you know, kindergarten teachers, and you know, the, you know, when kids are all talking amongst themselves, she is not hearing, uh, or uh, you know, uh, one of my friends she said that she's not hearing people saying, you know, young kids going, I want to be a football player, I want to be a pop star, I want to be a model, I want to be an actor. They're like, I want to be a doctor, and it's because of this show. It's that's that's a that's a pretty incredible thing. Well, you know, and also with the show, the one thing that I think makes it highly successful, like I said, my daughter's going to be three and she loves the show and understands it. And I think the one thing that makes this show unique is unlike many other educational shows that are out there for kids that uh, I, I don't want to say dumb it down. Doc McStuffins does not do that for the kids. It says many different storylines and ways about feelings and everything else. And it doesn't ever really talk down to the children. It talks to them. And I think that gives it its universal appeal. Chris Neve, the creator, um, we were, you know, in between, you know, in between shows, you know, we were talking about the thing. And her, uh, she said there were concerns about her show that kids, she basically wanted them to make a cheers for little kids. And everyone was, uh, a lot of people were concerned that, uh, that young kids, are not gonna sort of want to pay attention to something that's set up in that fashion. And turns out that not only do they, but they really do. Uh, she was, she, she was right. Uh, it, it's actually in a way kind of a groundbreaking show in that it's, it's sort of taking, uh, their audience, uh, and not treating them like children. 
Well, definitely, you know, and it's also groundbreaking in the sense that it has gotten world uh, worldwide acclaim because it's one of the few children's shows that has an African American lead that is open generation gaps and races and everything else, and it appeals to everybody. And it's one of those shows where it has had that kind of success before. Yeah, there's a um, um, okay, African American female doctors are are three percent of the market out there. And uh, there was a woman back east, doctor, uh, who was watching her daughter watch the show, and uh, she was amazed by not only uh, not only is it a, is it a show about you know the medical profession, but also there's an African American lead, and she started something called the Artemis Society, which is uh, they advocate for. Again, young girl saw this show and saw herself in it. Um, that's uh, I don't know. That's a that's a pretty incredible thing. And so the Artemis Society now uh, they're they're setting up scholarships and all this kind of stuff. So again, so young girls can become doctors. I mean. I think that that goes beyond this just being a silly little kid show. Definitely. You know, well, and now with you being involved with it, with Stuffy, you know, how many people, they love their Stuffy. And I'm sure it's not the first time you've seen your voice lent to a character and you see that character in the stores. But how different is it when you go to, you know, stores and, you know, all these places all over and you see these little Stuffy figures or, you know, there's that child out there that just can't go to bed without, you know, hugging Stuffy goodnight. I mean, I did the turtle thing, and, you know, the turtles had toys and all of that, but they had a lot of stuff that was already in place before I came along. It's been really strange to watch the, the, the blossoming of this show, and, you know, I've never been a plush toy before, <laughs> let alone a talking one. Uh, it's, I, I, you know, we're back to that word again. I mean, I'm, I'm a stupid lucky guy. Well, you know, and Doc Mustafins continues to, you know, be successful. You know, we've talked with Laura Jill Miller, who, you know, she does great job with Lammy. I guess, do you have such great connection with everybody that's part of that cast? Is it just a great family? It's a really good group of people. Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, there's, aside from, you know, Laura Jill and me and, you know, but... I mean, you know, Rob Paulson is uh, is part of the show. He's probably one of the preeminent voiceover guys out there. Jess Harnell is one of the guys on there. Plus, there's all these crazy guests. I mean, the the cast of Downton Abbey was you know, like again, it's a show for four to seven year olds, and the cast of Downton Abbey was on it. Uh, and that should, that, that's going back to, I think, what you're talking about, about how sort of, I don't know, I, I'm using a big word that's probably bigger than what it is, but it's culturally significant that that the Dawson Abbey people not only uh, knew what the show was, but they wanted to be involved. Definitely. You know, and, and there's so many great levels with that and Doc stuff. I see it going on for, you know, a lot longer yet. I mean, it's just getting going. And that's also going to bring me back. My voice, my voice is at the Disneyland Park. And that to me is, I mean, you know, I'm a Los Angelino. So Disneyland is, you know, it's, 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 it's part of our, it's part of our cultural heritage. You know what I mean? And, uh, and my, uh, my, my voice is used in, uh, in one of the shows that they have at the California Adventure. And uh, I don't know, that's, a, again, stupid lucky, stupid lucky. Well, you know, and, and looking at that as being part of Disneyland now, too, you know, of course you have all the viewers on TV, but now you have, you know, thousands and thousands of people listening to your voice every single day. Yeah, yeah it's, pretty, pretty, it's a pretty crazy thing. 
<laughs> well, you know, and in coming full circle, it's so many different things you do. You know, you, I mean, of course, even with the, you know, you, you said earlier on that you loved horror movies and things like that. And that's, uh, you know, even with uh, smaller roles like Sharknado, who would have thought Sharknado would be so huge? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I had been doing, I've been, uh, yeah, I do music also. So I've been doing music for all of the, uh, okay, so the director, Anthony C. Ferrante, uh, he, we've known each other for like 20 some years. And every, back when he was just doing things, you know, just indie, uh, you know, all by himself, I was doing music for his project. And we were working on another asylum project, uh, of his, uh, it was, uh, the Hansel and Gretel, the, the, the asylum who does Sharknado. They, they do both these shark movies, but also they do low budget knockoffs of, of big movies. So like when Battleship came out, they did one called American Battleships. So, uh, uh, Hansel and Gretel was coming out and, uh, and so the, the asylum did a, a low budget knockoff of it. So we were working on that and he said to me, Hey, you know, I'm, uh, I, I got offered this movie because I don't know, it's called Sharknado and I had heard about it. And I just grabbed the guy and said, I don't know why, but you really should do this movie. Because I don't know why, but all I know is in three syllables, Sharknado says everything that you need to know, unlike a movie like, say, A Trip to Bountiful. You know, you know, I have no idea what a trip to Bountiful is about even now. Sharknado, no problem. Uh, and then it turned into this thing. It, again, being lucky, whatever you want to call it, I keep stumbling into these things that sort of attach themselves to the culture and, uh, and, you know, people are talking about it years after they're done. Well, you know, and Sharknado is one of those films where it's so campy, it's so fun, and of course, you know, you're the bus driver, but all those fans for those campy horror films, I mean, and I'm talking back to, you know, I could do this back with my Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 days, you can name every character in the movie. Sure, sure, of course. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, they're fan, uh, things like Sharknado, I mean, this is kind of the the, the world that we're living in now is, uh, we, it, it's all fan driven. And, you know, things like Sharknado, uh, if it wasn't for the incredible fandom, I mean, like at, at Comic Con and things like that, people are, are cosplaying, dressing up like a Sharknado. I mean, it's, uh, it's hilarious. And, and, and the people who are, are driven, you know, who are into these sort of genre, uh, you know, these genre bits, these genre movies, uh, they drive the whole thing. You know, I mean, I've, I've gone to conventions and when people find out about the Sharknado thing, they're really excited about it. Well, you know, and with that, like you said, many conventions, many different things, um, you know, and of course hitting up the convention circuit and, you know, meeting many fans, um, from all the different things you've done, have you ever come across, you know, just one over the top fan over something you've done and you're just like, wow, you're, you're flattered, but at the same time, it's almost like, whoa. <laughs> Well, I guess. I mean, uh, it, it is uh, it is the era of the super enthusiast. It is the era of the uber fan, and uh, you know they're, they're actually, you know, at, whenever I do these convention things, uh, I I look at it as my acting job, my entertainment job is already done. I think. Uh, conventions um, are, are 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 the fans' opportunity to be the performers, and 
So if somebody's super, like, you know, somebody's one could even say over-enthusiastic about something, I'm like, you know what? This is their moment, man. This is, uh, you know, they've, they've been waiting for this moment to talk to whoever, you know, all year or two years or most of their lives or whatever. So it's, it's their thing. It's their moment, you know, and, and, uh, and, and so I can, I can definitely be entertained by it, but very rarely am I like, security. You know. Well, you know, and, and with all the different things that you've done, too, you mentioned that you're a musician and, you know, lead guitar, uh, drums, you name it, doing all kinds of things. I guess what led you into wanting to create a band? Was it just that that youthful, I want to I want to be a rock singer? Oh, well, uh, music. Uh, I, I started in music. I was, a, I was a violin at three. So, like, it's always been there. And um I uh, I don't know. I, the thing about music is with acting, you're saying somebody else's words. You're standing where somebody else tells you to. Occasionally, you're saying things the way people want you to. And uh, music, uh, it's 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 much more personal. It's, you know, it's 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 it ends up being it ends up being mine. You know. So uh, in in all of the entertainment things I do, I. I mean, I like all the, you know, I'm a writer too, and I mean, I do a bunch of stuff, but I really like music because it's the, it's the most personal, you know, it's mine, and, uh, and it's, it's really hard for somebody to get in there and, and do your job, uh, uh, you, I mean, it happens all the time that, you know, actors get let go from shows and then they replace them with somebody and nobody even noticed. Where in bands it's a little different. Well, you know, and like you said, you make it you make it your own, and with that making it your own, you also want to spread, uh, I guess, spread the love to everybody else. And you had mentioned that you also teach, uh, you know, voiceover work and voice acting for people. I guess what made you realize I want to help other people pursue this as a career? Um, well, I think uh, ultimately that's what it becomes about. I think uh, I, I think entertainment people are entertainment people are, are, are really giving people that I think to do any sort of collaborative project that a cartoon or a movie or a show uh, is to, to, to be part of that thing, you have to be, uh, you know, there's no I in team, you know, uh, <laughs> you, and, and I think the longer you do it, uh, there comes a time where it's sort of like, look, I, you guys can do this too. You know, if a, if a, if a, you know, a, a dunderhead like myself can, can pull this off, uh, good lord, so can you. And, and, uh, and also it's a good thing to get into just, you know, acting is, entertainment's not a 24 hour a day job for most people. So, uh, in your downtime, it's a good way to, keep your chops up and teach somebody a new thing that will that they love very much all at the same time definitely you know just a way to you know i guess embrace everybody else and help them pursue that dream now i guess you know we know you're busy we don't want to keep you too long here but everything you know brady bunch um you know chips mary tyler moore show uh, mickey mouse club doc McStuffins, so many different things from your career teenage mutant ninja turtles i guess for anyone that's a robbie fan out there is there any final lasting words you like to leave to them uh you know from i guess your words of wisdom or just words of thanks from Robbie. Oh, I, I think you should maybe go out today and pick a better hero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, 
it was our pleasure having you stop in. I know that uh, I'll be getting a lot more Phil of Doc McStuffins with my children, and I'm sure we're going to be hearing your voice and seeing many other things on the horizon. And thanks once again for stopping in. Well, Jonathan, it was great talking to you. Thank you so much. Here's the story of a lovely lady who was bringing up three very lovely girls. All of them had hair of gold, like their mother, the youngest one in curls. Here's the story of a man named Brady who was busy with three boys of his own. They were four men living all together, yet they were all Envelope to Davis and Kurt. Right down that. Oh, hi, Mr. Gronsky. Hello, Sam. Did that Mr. Brady show up yet? Not yet, but I'm expecting him any minute. Any minute. All right. Listen, while we're waiting, I'll check out that freezer you were complaining about. Oh, good idea. Excuse me a minute, will you, fellas? They must be planning to jump my dad and then lock him up in that freezer. Yeah. Remember what Sam just said? The element of surprise is your best weapon. Yeah! And if we get a surprise for them. Come on. Okay, on three. One, two, three! <laughs> 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 Quick, Dad, call the FBI! Sam's a double agent! Say what? He sold you out to Gronsky! And they're gonna freeze you! <laughs> Be a fool, do things which are wrong. But fools find out when it's too late that they don't live so long. Oh, I'm no fool, no serene. I wanna live to be 93. I play safe for you and me, cause I'm no fool. Any fool neglects his bike. And thinks he's being smart He doesn't give it any care And soon it falls apart Any fool will load his bike So much that he can't see He rides on sidewalks So what happens? A catastrophe Oh, I'm no fool No siree I want to live to be 93 I play safe for you and me Show-off is a stupid thing, as any fool should know. He thinks it's fun, but what a sorry ending to his show. Oh, I'm no fool, no serene. I want to live to be 93. We play safe, you and me, cause we're no fool. Not me. We're no fool. 
this is Luke Edwards from Newsies, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. Hello, D-heads, and welcome to another segment called Disney Multimedia. My name is Randy Reeker, and I'll be giving you the latest news on the Disney company and so much more. Without further delay, let's go ahead and jump in with the latest. Who doesn't like a great movie? I know I do, especially what's coming to a theater near you. Disney's has been really putting a lot of movies out there, especially turning our favorite Disney animation classics into a live-action movie. I know just recently, on March 13th, 2015, the Cinderella movie will be in theaters, and it's going to be a Disney twist, of course, with the special effects, the production, and as well, of course, the, the storyline about Cinderella. Now, n- another announcement just recently came off the wire here with the news that Tim Burton, who is known for um, Alice in Wonderland, The Corpse Bride, and of course, The Nightmare Before Christmas, a Halloween Christmas movie. <laughs> I don't know, we'll just leave it at that point. But he just recently announced that he's going to be directing a new live-action movie based on the Disney classic Dumbo. Now, Dumbo's uh, movie is still in development, and so far there's no release date. There's been a little trend that Disney's making classic animations into live-action movies. I'm not sure what you think about it, but I'm, I'm liking it, I'm liking it. Um, interesting about the storylines is not based solely on our classic animation movies that we already love and enjoy, that we have on our DVD and VHS. But uh, what's your thoughts? Um, Tim Burton has already directed, of course, Alice in Wonderland, and as well, there's been a great review so far um, with Cinderella will be coming out in theaters since the premiere has been already taking place. So what's your thoughts? Do you Are you going to be seeing that movie? Or any other live action movies that Disney's going to be bringing out later in the next couple of years? Like The Jungle Book and Beauty and the Beast? Go ahead, switch over gears, going to the Disney parks. One of my favorites, of course. Disney's bringing back again the 24-hour event. This time it's with a Frozen theme. Frozen Summer, of course, going to be featuring Olaf from the movie Frozen. I don't know if you're with all the Frozen stuff or tired of the Frozen movie, but um, Disney's really hammering it out and putting great entertainment for not just only Disney parks, in Florida, but as well in California. Now, the 24-hour event will be coming out this May, and just in time for, of course, the celebration of Memorial Day. And the 24-hour event will be featuring a cool summer season. Disney will be bringing it to life again, the summer of that Olive enjoys and wants to enjoy with his friends, and of course, creating a wonderful beach theme and right in front of the Cinderella castle made out of sand. Based on a 20 foot wide beach um, theme of the sculptures. Now surprise people will be um, people who are going to be walking through the hall will be greeted by Olaf and joined with beachgoers in the summer attire with beach chairs, beach balls, you name it. Just again, all the reminders of the exciting season that's going to be happening at the Walt Disney Resort in Florida. 
Uh, of course, of welcome relief that the snowfall is completely gone. So, <laughs> talk about that. Now, the event will be starting on May 22nd, 2015, starting at 6 a.m. and will be closing the following morning on May 23rd, 2015, Memorial Day. Of course, that's going to be crazy there, but are you guys going to be there? It's 24 hours. Also, guests will be invited to come into the parks showing their Disney side by coming into their f and with um, costumes. Now, just only that, Disney's Hollywood Studios will be bringing back the popular demand of Frozen Summer Fun event coming from June 17th to September 7th. Of course, Anna, Elsa, and Kristoff will be returning to the Hollywood Boulevard procession and as well adding all of two. Each night will be capped off with Disney f uh, fireworks and characters from the hit movie. Now we're going to switch over to California, Disneyland's original park just recently announced that Innovations will be closing at the end of this month, March 31st, 2015. Formerly, it was the home of Carousel of Progress. Re Innovation has been recently uptick with the popular demand with the introduction of Marvel characters, uh, char Marvel characters and exhibits inside. Now, the park apparently has plans to replace it with something more exciting though they have not announced it just yet. Rumors have been speak um, rumors has been swirling around, possibly a marble theme or something related to Star Wars related. Of course we saw that a long time ago on D23 Expo, hinting that Star Wars might be coming to Walt Disney World in Florida at the Disney's Hollywood Studios. So far, again, has, there hasn't been any details quite yet, but again, there's been signs that things have been closing down for it. Well, this is Randy signing off for the Disney Multimedia. Until then, guys, see you next time.
I'm going to Disney World. Yes, you can too with Diz On Demand on Live365.com. Enjoy our virtual Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Hollywood Studios, and more as you enjoy the parks once more in order from start to finish. Full attractions, parades, loops, and more. So, say it with me, I'm going to Disney World with Diz On Demand on Live365.com. All right, LVD head, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed this week's show. It is full of all kinds of fun, all kinds of magic, and great television memories. And I want to extend a very special thank you once again to Robbie Wrist for stopping in here at the show. It was a pleasure having you stop in. I mean, you have played a great part in my childhood, my children's childhood, and even cult classics like Sharknado. Thank you, Robbie, once again for stopping in, and I know I'm going to be on the lookout for more episodes of Doc McStuffins as I have a two-year-old who is addicted. I'd also like to thank the D-team of Aaron, Caitlin, Nathan, and Randy, all for stopping in here this week with their signature segments. Thank you, team, for stopping in. The show would not be complete without the D-team. You make the magic happen. You bring the magic to the D-heads. And remember, you can always connect up with the D-team on our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio.com. And finally, I'd like to thank all of you, the D-heads. Without you, there would be no show. Without you, we wouldn't be celebrating five years of Disney On Demand. So thank you, the D-heads, for making the show grow, continuing to spread the word, and keeping the magic alive, and allowing us every week to bring you that lifetime of memories from your lifetime of Disney. So thank you, the D-heads. So all of you D-heads, next week is our Easter show. We have a lot of great things on the horizon. So before I let you in as to who's going to be stopping in here next week here at the show, I'm going to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at Disney On Demand. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, our lifetime of Disney player, all right there on your website in the palm of your hand and more at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. Com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can friend us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash John Diz. That's J-O-N-D-I-Z. And you can also join up our brand new D-Wire Disney discussion group on Facebook as well. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and more. Just search Disney Blue or Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio. And remember, you can always get all these links, our social media, and more right on our official website at DizRadio.com. And remember, you can always subscribe to our show in iTunes and Stitcher Radio and get the latest show right there in your hand, your mobile device, your tablet, and more. And stay connected right there by subscribing through iTunes and Stitcher Radio. So, all VD heads, with that said, next week is our Easter celebration. We have all kinds of fun. Maybe Regis Philbin will pop in. You never know. I mean, anybody could happen. Anybody at all. So... With that said, next week we have somebody who's going to help us celebrate Easter in style. Somebody that knows a little bit about tea parties, as we have none other than Bradley Pierce stopping in here at the show. Yes, Bradley Pierce, who you may know from great classics like Jumanji, and also the voice of Chip in Beauty and the Beast, is going to be stopping in and talking about his career, his newest ventures, and more to help us celebrate Easter. So all of you D-heads, with that all out of the way, as I always say, never neglect family for business. Take a break, relax this weekend, and just have some fun, and I'll catch you online. See you next week, D-Heads.
gosh, we're going to hit the big boss parade. Oh, we're going to get more money. Because we know that we're funny. We're going to hit the big boss parade. Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.